Hello, and thanks for joining Wicker Park Lutheran Church Sermons. Wicker Park Lutheran Church is a diverse ELCA Lutheran congregation in the Wicker Park neighborhood of Chicago. We gather at 10 a.m. to fully live into our incarnational faith as we experience God's presence in the gathered assembly, and we welcome you to join us. In just a moment, you'll first hear with a gospel reading from the associated sermon for the service that you're about to listen to. We hope that that gospel gives you some context before you jump right into the sermon. Thanks for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon. This is the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As soon as Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon Peter and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, when it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. Jesus answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out here to do. And he went throughout all of Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the gospel of the Lord. This is year B in our lectionary cycle. In other words, this is the year of Mark. So most of the time when we get the gospel reading, it's going to be from Mark. And something you've got to know about Mark is that he loves the word immediately. And it's a little hard to tell that sometimes in English because our translators have taken that word out in some places to make the text sound better to our modern ears. But if you were to read Mark in the original Greek, it's just like this rapid fire, go, 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 go kind of story. Something is always happening. Something is always changing. Something is always moving. And I think poor Mark would be rolling in his grave if he knew that we split up all of his immediatelys and read them slowly over the course of a year. So today, I think we should do Mark justice. And to do Mark justice, we need to put that text in the context that he has set up for us. And if you would like to play a little game, grab a pen from the pew in front of you and make a tally mark every time I say the word immediately. I love the sound of unclicking pens. <laughs> so three weeks ago, our gospel passage was Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 16. And Mark wrote, As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, casting a net into the sea. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. He went a little further and saw two more brothers, James and John, who were in the boat with their father, mending their nets. Immediately, 
he called them, and they left their father Zebedee and followed him. Two weeks ago, we continued the story from verse 21. Immediately, they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke as one having authority. Immediately, someone came into the synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. And the spirit cried out, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come here to destroy us? I know who you are, holy one of God. Immediately, Jesus said, be quiet and come out of him. And the unclean spirit came out of him. And the people in the synagogue were amazed. And they kept on asking each other, what is this? He commands even the unclean spirits. And they listened to him. Immediately, news of Jesus began to spread throughout the region of Galilee. This week, we continue with verse 29. Immediately, they left the synagogue in Capernaum and went to the house of Simon Peter and Andrew. They saw that Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her immediately. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That was a lot of immediately's. Does anyone have a tally? Shout it out. That is so many more than I would think is necessary. <laughs> but it was very important for Mark. And our English translators, in removing that word, have removed part of the story that he meant to pass down to us. All of these things happened in less than 24 hours. The calling of the disciples, the first teaching in the synagogue, the healing of the woman, ate immediately. And you might be asking yourself, why does Mark do this? Why is this his favorite word? And it's because this good news is good news. And Mark wants you to know it urgently. It's because Mark knows that anyone who encounters Jesus, anyone who encounters the living God is changed immediately. This is life-changing, world-altering good news. Mark is telling us that the kingdom is not just near, it is literally here in our midst, unfolding in acts of service and love that bind strangers together. So let's zoom in for a second and look at this scene that's unfolding in this house, this one small house, ordinary house in a small fishing village of Capernaum on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. This woman, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, is sick in bed, and the Son of God is brought inside her house. Actually, all three of the synoptic gospels, all three of them include this little moment, this little miracle. And usually, when you're comparing the Synoptic Gospels, Mark is the brief one. He's the direct one. But this time, Mark's version of the story is uniquely detailed. In Luke, Luke says that Jesus stood over the bed and rebuked her fever, and the fever left her, and she got up. In Matthew, it says that Jesus stood over the bed, touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up. But in Mark, 
it says that Jesus stood over the bed, took her by the hand, pulled her up off the ground, and then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Did you catch that? In Luke, she's healed, and then she gets up. In Matthew, she's healed, and then she gets up. In Mark, Jesus pulls her up, and then she's healed. It's almost like Jesus was running at a full sprint, holding his hand out, trying to catch people, and she grabbed his hand. And in that moment, pulled up from the ground, she was healed. This woman, this unnamed woman, is extraordinary. She has one encounter with the gospel, just one. And immediately, she gets up and does the work of the kingdom of heaven. And the people, this woman is the first minister of Jesus Christ. Not her sons, the disciples, her. The Greek word that Mark uses to describe her work is diakoneo, where we get our word for deacon. She was doing ministry. And Jesus had healed her. Jesus had restored her to wholeness. And out of that wholeness, she joins in with God's work in the world. Mark tells us that when the sun set that night and the Sabbath was over, a crowd had gathered at her door in the village of Capernaum. Actually, Mark says it was everyone in the village, some 1,500 people. I guess word travels fast when you cast out a demon on the Sabbath. People had heard of Jesus, and they came immediately to see if they, too, can encounter the good news. And they did because of her. While Jesus was doing the work of healing and the disciples were doing who knows what. That woman was doing the work of fellowship. It would have been her job to get the water for the guests. It would have been her job to stoke the fire in the central courtyard, to pass out bread and salt and fish, to make sure no visitor under her roof was hungry or thirsty or cold. And her service for the kingdom of God continued far beyond that day. This woman's house would become the cornerstone of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. This house is where he stayed every time he came through Capernaum. Her house. This is the house that had the roof cut open so the paralyzed man could be lowered in. This is the house where Jesus stayed after the Sermon on the Mount. This is the house where Jesus' disciples gathered after he died. Her hospitality made it happen. Her diaconale made it happen. This is the house that will become a church. Her house, a meeting place for the people of God. And at first it stayed a house, and then it became something bigger, the followers of Jesus would continue to meet there for decades. And at some point, the center room was washed in plaster and decorated for worship, and it was filled with oil lamps. And the people who would come by would leave messages and would carve it into the limestone of the walls. 
there were more than 100 messages cataloged. They were messages like, Jesus Christ, heal me, and Lord, have mercy. Messages in Hebrew and Greek and Syriac. And then in the third, fourth, and fifth centuries, this house, her house, was the destination of many pilgrimages to the Holy Land. And you can read about it if you want. Just look up the diary of Egeria. She was from Spain. She wrote all about her journey in the Holy Land, including her visit to this woman's house. Or you can read the writings of the pilgrim from Piacenza. He was from Italy, and he visited Capernaum on pilgrimage 200 years later. And then, at some point, someone decided that her house was too sacred, too important to the world to get so many visitors. And so they built a church right on top of it, a church that anyone can visit, a church you can still visit. And today, that church is on stilts, raised up above the old house, her house. This woman's home was a place of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, and her work with the people of God has effects that far outlasted her. We don't know her name, but we know her because we know her love. I can't think of anything more beautiful or more Christian than that, to be known by our love. So, my dear people of God, during these next few moments of meditation, I invite you to wonder how we can make this place, our church, a place where God's kingdom can be encountered for real. A place in this community that will outlast all of us. And maybe they won't remember any of our names, but they will remember our love. Through healing, fellowship, and service that brings strangers together.